beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I don't know. I think it was a time in our life when we both were terrified and if you're a mother, I mean, you, you know, you just, you don't know, is what I'm doing going to make, make a big difference? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? You know, how is this going to affect them? I think it was that stage. There'll never be another person to me that's like her because we evolved together. Mm-hmm. Like we just metamorphosized together. Yeah. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I absolutely love the conversation you're about to listen to with best friends Christy and Cindy. I interviewed them last year when I was writing my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, and I was so inspired by their story and their obvious love for one another. Christy and Cindy are total friendship goals, the type of decades-long best friend that many of us crave. But here is the thing, even though pop culture and literature and movies tell us that adult female friendship should look a lot like Christy and Cindy, I actually think it's pretty rare. From my hours of interviews with women about their friendships, not to mention the years I've spent talking about this online, and of course my own life experience, I know that adult friendships have a lot of pain points. Over the next couple of months, I'll be sprinkling in some of these conversations in an episode series I'm calling Friendship Stories, and we will be covering a lot of ground. We have friendship breakups, infidelity, pen pals who have never met in real life, rogue bridesmaids, cross-gender friendships, so much more. The Friendship Stories series will be fascinating, and it will hopefully give you a lot to think about with your own friendships why some of them lasted, what went wrong with others, 
why we struggle to make or keep friends. All of this will be leading up to the release of my book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, which is available for pre-order now, with pre-order bonuses coming soon. For more info about my book, go to thelifecouncilbook.com. But first, we're going to kick off the Friendship Stories series with a friendship love story. Christy and Cindy met at work over 20 years ago when they both had two-year-old daughters and their connection was nearly instant. So their friendship started, like many do, because their life circumstances were similar, because they worked together, they had kids the same age, they lived in the same town. But it takes more than just sharing these similarities to build the deep connection that they have forged. Over the years, they've added more children to their families. Christy's husband joined the military after 9-11, taking them on an adventure that meant moving every few years. So Christy and Cindy have had to be purposeful about their time together and continuing to deepen their friendship. In this conversation, we talk about their first fight, how they're both jealous of one another's husbands, how they've survived long distance, what other friendships are like when you already have a friendship soulmate, and... One of my very favorite parts of the conversation, they share the tips and thoughts they have about making friends now, which Christy especially has had to do as a military wife. I write about soulmates in the Life Council, and this conversation reminded me so much of one of my friendship soulmates, Lindsay, who was also a longtime roommate of mine. In fact, she is the person I've lived with longer in my life than anyone else besides my family. I share this story in the soulmate chapter of my book about how bereft I was when Lindsay moved from Los Angeles to Nashville and how I wept so hard at her wedding the week before she moved that I literally couldn't speak. To my surprise, Christy and Cindy tell a similar story in this interview. Even though I know that friendship soulmates are not as common as the outside world makes us think, I wanted to start the Friendship Stories series with this beautiful portrayal of a long-time relationship. I think you'll hear through their words that even the most natural, soul-deep connected friendships still take work, thoughtfulness, and intention, and kindness. But I also think you'll be as charmed by Christy and Cindy as I was. And don't miss their friendship tips at the end. Here is my first conversation in the Friendship Stories series with two best friends. I'm Cindy Treadwell, and I live in Monroe, Louisiana. This is my best girlfriend in the world. I am Christy Copes, and I live in Fayetteville, North Carolina, but I'm originally from Bastrop, Louisiana, about 30 minutes from from where Cindy is. Okay, I really love your friendship story. Can you take me all the way back to the beginning, like where you met, how you connected, everything like that? Wow. (laughs) Well... I started, I started working for the university as a programmer in 98. So Christy was a programmer there already when I started working there, but we didn't know each other. We weren't in the same circles or anything, but she had an almost two-year-old or she'd already turned two, I believe. And my daughter was going to turn two shortly after I started working there. I started working there in August and my daughter's birthday was in October. And so like immediately, if you, if you spend any time with her at all, you just kind of like feel, I don't know, comfortable at home, just, you know, loved. Anybody will tell you that. But so I I already felt that with her, but it was just, it was Mackenzie's birthday and Laurel and Mackenzie really didn't even know each other at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just said, would you want to bring your little girl to Mackenzie's birthday? 
and we've pretty much been inseparable since then, not in space, yeah. it, just by heart. You know, we've just been together the rest of the time. Christy, did you feel the same? Yes, absolutely. I just, I remember the first day she came to work, we were all interested in who the new girl was. And like, I'm a pretty plain Jane person and she is always so put together and makeup perfect, beautiful lips. And her, I just thought, wow, this girl is beautiful. And then when I, when I found out she had a daughter and like, you know, we, we connected on that level. And then like she said, once, once we went to the birthday party, the girls hit it off, we hit it off and we were off and running. Did you each have kind of a best friend already or like a circle of friends? Like, how did you differentiate that your connection was special? Oh, I just got chills. (laughs) You go ahead. Well, I did have a best friend, but she had moved away maybe two years prior to meeting Cindy. And she was just in a very different stage of life. She'd moved to a big city. She was single and I was married, stayed where I went to college had a little girl. So even though we were, I mean, and we're still today good friends, but the difference was stage of life. Mm-hmm. We were going through the same things. And that, I think that's what strengthened the connection originally. Oh, absolutely. And, and same thing. I mean, I had my college girlfriends. We were, I was 27 then. And so my, my college girlfriends had pretty much, you know, they weren't married yet. They didn't have children yet. And this person that was just going through the same things, I was, her husband worked a lot. My husband worked a lot and we just really carried the the load of raising our, our daughters. And so we were constantly like, this happened. How would you deal with this? And she just made me better. I mean, just made me better. I'm real high strength. She's very relaxed <laughs> and we just kind of offset each other. What happened after you'd been friends for, for a little while? So it was, you moved away mm-hmm. for like a year. A year, mm-hmm. And we actually got in a big fight during that time. Well, tell me, please. I need to know. (laughs) It was the stupidest fight, but it it, It really wasn't even our fight. It wasn't our fight, but it, so I'll let you know. No, honest to God, I don't even remember the details. I'm just like, it's a blur. (laughs) It was the dumbest thing. So we went to, you know, football's real big here. And this was high school football championships. And her husband was a sports broadcaster, broadcaster, announcer for one of the teams that was going to the state championship. Which just happens to be a rival. So they were from West Monroe, which is on the other side of the river. Mm. Not that I, I didn't go to school here. And I don't know that Don even went to West Monroe. Mm-hmm. No. But it was just like, so that that was already kind of like, I'm going to mess with Don. Because Don and I are the exact same personality. And she and my husband are the exact same personality. Yeah. I mean, identical. So I was like, I'm going to jib him every bit I can. And he was like, I'm going to get back to her every chance I get. What happened to my, to my recollection is I am not as orderly. And Don is also very orderly. And we were supposed to go stay at this hotel that was in New Orleans. And I knew approximately where it was. And this was before you could look it up on your phone. And I think that like unnerved him. Number one, we were in a strange area where, you know, you could get on the wrong side of town really quick. And, and I think he just was so mad at me for not having all the details laid out, which my husband was mad at me too, because I didn't have them all laid out, but it just, it blew up. I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I don't think we talked for a couple of weeks Yeah, because we were just, I think neither one of us, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) 
Actually, I was stuck in the middle. I was like, I'm between these two huge personalities, and they're the ones mad at each other. I was just <laughs> along for the ride, and now here I am trapped in the middle. <laughs> but wait, was it really just about the organization? Was there something deeper happening, or really? No, it was that silly. I'll be honest with you, and I am to this day, I'm incredibly jealous of him with her. Like we always say, or they'll say they're, they're our husbands, but we're each other's wives. You yeah, know? we joke that we're waiting for them to die so that we can like we'll live back together. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so I think- wait, I need to say this because I have not heard anybody say this out loud. You are jealous of your best friend's husband just because they get to be together all the time or because they're. Yes, yes. And he, and just, he was working and I don't mean that he was an absentee, nothing like that. My husband was the same way. They were working yeah. the whole time, but it was just like, I felt like I was more in tune with her maybe than he was. And so I was just like, you just go back there. I've got her, you know, she's like, she's like mine. And, and I know that's probably sounds crazy, but it's, I mean, that's how I felt at the time. And, and I think maybe there might've been some of that reciprocate. Cause like I said, they both will say, Oh, well, we know y'all would rather have each other than us. <laughs> and on a funny note, and I probably shouldn't say this, but they're all the time. Like we were, went to hot springs this weekend and my husband said, is there going to be any, you know, any of <laughs> that happening? And they've been saying that for 26 for 20, years. Yes. And, and we're just we're like, like, no, no, that, that's not what just, this is about. <laughs> we just want to absorb one another because we, we know we don't get to see each other that often. So we didn't want any, any distractions from just us being together. And just to clarify, because people can't see your faces and everything, to clarify, it is it is not romantic between you. Absolutely not. No, no. We are just we we are though. I will say, and I and I I've told a lot of people this. Like I don't believe when when people say soulmate, you know, typically they're talking about their you know their partner, their you know male, female, whatever partner you have. But I, I believe you have the opportunity to have many soulmates. It just depends on whether you're open or, or at that stage in life when you would need that person or want that person in your life. And she's definitely a soulmate of mine. I mean, we were talking on the trip this time. You know, we cannot speak to each other for a couple of months and pick up the phone. And it's just like, you know, there's nothing missed. And I have some other friends that are, I, I say needy. They just, you know, if I don't talk with them all the time, they're like, well, you're not playing nice or whatever. And, and so they'll, well, we won't invite her because she, she doesn't want to do that. I don't really have time for a relationship that makes you have to, you know, I, that sounds bad, but we don't, we don't have to have that. Yeah. We, we are already invested. We are already mm-hmm. leveled. So I totally get that. Two things. One, is that your biggest fight you've ever had about the football game hotel? And secondly, how did you make up from it? Yeah, that's the only fight. And mm-hmm. I don't even, I think we both were just like, no, because we lived in Baton Rouge yeah. then. I think we just called. Yeah. I don't cried. remember who called who and yeah. cried. Yeah, and cried. Like, I need you too much. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry that this happened. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think Don and I also apologize because she really, was like in the middle of, you know, us and, you know, we, he and I made up and, and we like, we're the, we're all the best of friends. I mean, we just, we're just, they're just too much alike. Yes. And well, Mark and I are like, but Mark and I are so like docile, docile that we would never get into a fight about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. 
Okay, so is it Cindy that moved away? Why did you move away, Cindy? So we're programmers, and that was right at um, Y2K, and so they needed COBOL programmers in South Louisiana, and so I, I moved down there for a year to get through Y2K, and then I moved back. And then I moved away when my husband was in Right, that's what I remember from your submission. So tell me a little bit about that, Christy. That was never on our radar. It's not supposed to happen. We were supposed to live here all our lives. All our family's here. All our friends are here, and then 9-11 happened. And he just felt like that was his calling and that was what he was supposed to do. Enlisting, you mean, or or joining the military. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously that happened in 2001. He didn't convince me until 2003. So he joined in 2003. It was such a difficult time. My Mm. parents were not happy and I leaned on her a lot and she and I were devastated. Mm. I mean, I can remember the night that we, the last night we were together, we went out to eat and I just, well, we were both just, mm-hmm. just torn to pieces, just <laughs> bawling because, uh, well, we almost were like, you know, we worked together. So we were we together, together all day. And then we would, sometimes we wouldn't even talk in the evening because we'd been together all day. And so we'd let each other, you know, kind of do their thing. But she was, I mean, I told everything to this person and, you know, and she loved me anyway. And, I, I didn't know how in the world I was supposed to, <laughs> how I was supposed to go on. Plus, this this girl is not the same little girl <laughs> that left many years ago with her husband to the military. She was much more shy and, and, and introverted and just, I worried so much about how is, how is this going to affect her and, you know, what her family, she was super close to her family and you know, I, I just, I was sick of, you know, thinking like, what was this going to be in hindsight? I mean, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to her because she just blossomed and just, it just made her a completely different person. Um, she's so much more in charge and and has, you know, talk about has it together. I mean, she truly has it together. doesn't just look like, you know, she has it together and just blows me away. I mean, it was the best thing that could have happened. So was Don deployed or did you guys just have to move to another place because of his um, Yeah, so he joined and he went to basic training. I stayed back. And then for his additional training, he was sent to Arizona for a year. So that's where the kids and I moved. So by this time, I had two kids. She, so we both had two by this time and our girls were already. Oh, like inseparable. They're just like us. Yeah, they're, they're mini me's of us. So, yeah, so we did an, a year in Arizona, and then after that, it's just been three years here, three years there, three years here, three years there. Ever since, so for the last 20 years, pretty mm-hmm. much. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. Yeah. And and so your friendship, tell me about your friendship in that time as you were moving and blossoming, and Cindy was staying. You're still in mm-hmm. Louisiana, right? So. Yeah. Tell me about like how you did long distance. Do you, do you talk on the phone? Do you text? Do you see, how often do you see each other? Those kind of things. So we don't talk on the phone that much. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, we're busy. Like we just got a lot going on, both of us. And we both understand that. Mm-hmm. So we do text a lot, Snapchat a lot. I mean, I still have family here. So I always come back here a couple of times a year normally and Obviously, we're going to get together when that happens. And she has, you know, come to where I've been. And yeah, that's the way we stay in touch. But it's not, it's not a daily thing. It's, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not a weekly thing. And sometimes it's just a quick, you know, goofy 
goofy picture, mm -hmm. but like she said, it, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. We pick right back up. And we were talking on the trip, you know, we've actually been apart more than, you know, longer than we've ever been together, but it, it just, I don't know. She's the, she's another part of me, you know, and, and like, she just made me want to be a better person and you just have to know her more to, to truly see that. But she was just, she was everything that I wasn't, you know, and, and just. And she was everything I wasn't. And she totally changed who I was. I mean, even before I, before we left for the military, like. Say more about that. The other person, it seems like has qualities that you don't have. So how does that make you better individually? Like I can see it when you're together, it kind of makes you both whole, but how does it make you, you know, how does that make you better to have the person have almost like opposite qualities that you do? I think part of my disinformation was, you know, I'm, I'm very extroverted and you just assume that if people don't talk a lot, or I did, you know, if people don't talk a lot, they're just, they're introverted. They don't have a lot to say. They don't, you know, they, it's not worth hearing what they have. But if, if you get to know somebody that is a, an introvert and, and you see, wow, there, there is something to being able to not say a lot. You don't have to feel all of the, all of the space with, words you know sometimes that's a genuine person and she just that's one thing I mean she just is so calm and she just really knows how to look at the really big picture where I would spiral out over you know this little thing that's happening here and she said well you know let's look at this you know in the long term what could this mean what does you know just really really good and, and, I, and I've learned from that and I learned to mother better through that as well, because where I would get upset about things, I didn't want my babies to, to do the same thing. I wanted them to be more relaxed and more, you know, go with the flow and, and stand up for themselves. But, you know, you don't have to always be in the face of everybody. I mean, you can, you can just be a participant sometimes. You don't have to be the star of the show. Yeah, it's the reverse for me because I am quiet and I, you know, if I'm in a room where I don't know anybody, I'm going to tend to be in the corner. But knowing her, like, as soon as she walks into a room, it doesn't matter if she knows anybody or not, like, the room lights up. Like she just brings that positive energy. And so I feel like I've taken some of that from her and learned from it, you know, to put myself out there more. And then also the mothering aspect, for sure. She taught me so much about being a mother because we learned it together. And, you know, she had different styles and I had different styles and we picked that up from each other. And I would not be person I am today without her and I wouldn't be the mother I am. Mm, I love that. Relate to that so much. Christy, as you've had to move around and then sometimes there's obviously a value, Cindy, for having friends that are local to you or whatever. So how, I'm not going to put words in your mouth or anything, but like, is it like some new friends or local friends or whatever, they just can't ever possibly compare or, or do you just fit in that friendship? It's special, but then you have a lot of others. I'm not asking this well. Do you understand what I'm asking? I just want to hear about other other friendships in your life, I guess. No, I, I mean, I think we both have a, a lot of other other friends. I think it was just, I don't know. I think it was a time in our life when we both were terrified. And if you're a mother, I mean, you you know, you just, you don't know, is what I'm doing going to make, make a big difference? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? You know, how is this going to affect them? I think it was that stage there'll never be another person to me that's like her because we evolved together. Mm -hmm. Like we just metamorphosized together. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a lot of friends that 
are very, you know, I consider to be close friends. I just don't feel the same connection to them. And, and I don't think even if they would have come into my life because their, you know, their kids are either much younger than mine or much older than mine, it still wouldn't have been the same if I would have met them versus her. It's just, there's something about her that is so much what I need and needed and continue to need, you know, that I don't know, we just, we pulled together. Mm-hmm. Cause you've, you've had a lot of friends in the military, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing about the military is you, you want to make friends and you do make friends because your family is not around, but I mean, you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to move away. You're going to move away. So yeah, I have a ton of friends, but none, none that are as close as her, none that would compare to her, Mm -hmm. but I don't close myself off from friendships. I mean, I want to have, have friends, but anybody who is friends with me knows that (laughs) she's my number one. (laughs) And I think too, not only the kids, you know, we both went through the loss of both of our parents together. We Mm -hmm. went you know, there's been some things that just, you know, and, and our husbands are, are great, but you know, there's just, I, I, we have, we have always said every woman needs a wife because she just gets it. Like, uh, you know, my husband's, he works in the medical profession, so he deals with death all the time. And so when I would be like, I just can't let this, I'm still hurting from this, or I'm still whatever. He was not, not intolerant, but he just was like, he didn't understand it. Whereas I could go to her and say, I'm really struggling with this and this happened. She would, she was more likely to say, you know, you're going to get through it. It's, it, you take as long as you need. It's different for everybody. And again, I think that was another binding thing in our life was just, we've just been through so much. Yeah. And it's crazy how much our lives parallel each other, either, yes. even though they're totally different. I mean, right now we're going through some of the same things with our boys and I don't know, it just continues to. And our age. And our, and our age. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're like, where did all this weight come from? We, you know, we used to never, we could eat and never gain weight. And now it's like, I mean, literally we'll, we'll go to the doctor, won't even know the other one's going to the doctor and come back and say, hey, they think I have this. And I'm like, they told me they think I have that, you know, and, and it's just like, our girls are just like, just like us. And her daughter's, I would say more extroverted than you were. Yeah, yeah. at that age, yeah. But our boys, oh, they are identical. They're the sweetest Southern gentlemen, and they just, they deal with some of the same issues, the same problems. And so it, it just, it's so good to talk to somebody that can understand and say, yeah, I'm going through that. What is, you know, what are we supposed to do? So when you were on your girls weekend this weekend, is that what you talk about mostly like parenting and some of that stuff? Because are you since you don't live close, are you catching up on things or, or do you talk enough that you're just analyzing things? Are you, I don't, what do you talk about when you're together? Some of it's catching up because mm-hmm. we don't, I mean, we get highlights, mm-hmm. but oh, this thing happened. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to tell you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, a lot of analyzing, a lot of talking about parenting, marriage, aging. And I think too, like we, you know, we tried to discuss what's going on in the world right now and what that means for, you know, they're, they're supposed to be going to Germany Germany this summer. And so they're deploying to for, for three years. And so there's a lot of like future, not our future, but her future with Don and what that means and my future with Mark and where we might be in three years and just, you know, trying to figure out, I guess the best way to 
support and love yeah. each other because we know we're not going to be able to see each other as much. Yeah, that's hard. That's a lot. Well, it's so clear that you guys have something really special, like something really unique. I loved talking about it with you. Do you feel like you have anything you know, else that you want to share if you were to tell other people? Because I'll be honest with you that one of the reasons that I'm writing a book about friendship is because I also have sort of a soulmate, best friend, and then I have really dear friends in like lots of different parts of my life. But what I hear from people all the time is that friendship is hard for them. They don't have that. They've never had it or they had it as a young person, but it's been harder in adulthood or there's a lot of pain points with friendship. And so I just, you know, I know there's no, like, it's like marriage or career or anything. There's no, like one big answer or we all would all know it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have tips or thoughts on, on finding your person or Christy for you having to move around. sounded like you have keep yourself with a real open heart to meeting new people. I know that's not exactly about the two of you together, but if you have any thoughts on anything like that, because it's not, it's not always a friendship love story for other women. Right. No, it's not. And I think the thing I've learned in the military is you've got to quit looking for somebody who is exactly like you and exactly the stage of life you are. Although that is what happened for us. But we're not, we were nothing aligned, but the friends I've made in the military, I've made friends older than me. I've made friends like right now, one of my best friends back at home where I live is a 28 year old with two kids. I mean, be open. Mm -hmm. We're just all people. You don't have to check all these matchup boxes to, to find the person. Mm -hmm. I, I say the same thing because recently talking to my son, you know, he was, he's struggling with friendships. A lot of his high school friends are you know, doing some things in college that he doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with. And so he's trying to pull away from them. And, you know, he said, and I was trying to tell him, you know, go make some new friends. And he said, well, you know, these, these really aren't like me. And I said, Tanner, look at, look at my list of friends. If you would have said, Hey, you're going to be best friends with a preacher's daughter that, and that makes me sound like a hooligan, but (laughs) preacher's daughter who, you know, is so quiet and so just absolutely precious I wouldn't have said, there's my pick. You know, I would have been looking for somebody just like me, be loud, just in the face of everybody where that wouldn't have lasted. That wouldn't have worked. And then I have another friend that we are complete opposites, but she gives me another angle, another take on things that, that I can't see because of how I was raised and who I am and how I grew up. Exactly what she said, just be open everybody is looking for somebody to connect to everybody. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it's just the opportunity that we fail to recognize. I think that's just, that's just it. Yeah. Wow. And I I would like to say about our daughters, they've been together now since they were two years old and 26 and they ended up getting to go to college together, which was a dream of theirs. Same thing. They were separated the whole time. They were little girls but they would see each other and it was just like, that's my person. I mean, that's my person. They're still like that. And we, they say all the time, we, we hope we're like you when we way down the line, we yeah. hope we're still like you guys. Um, hey, so they went to college together. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Germany the summer. My, my daughter graduated from high school. She went with us. She did three years of college online so that she could travel Europe. And when she came back, Mackenzie was a senior in college at LSU and she, that's where she wanted to go. And they roomed together. Then they stayed in Baton Rouge. 
for two years. Got their first big girl jobs. First together. big girl jobs together, lived together until Mackenzie got engaged. <laughs> and they would still be living together if they had it their way. If they had it their way. When Laurel goes and stays with Mackenzie and Tim, Mackenzie sleeps with Laurel and in the guest bedroom. I mean, they're, and Tim just has to suck I mean, it up. It is, they are literally the replica. I wish you could speak with them because they are, you would be like, this is the same two, same two, two ladies. Wow, that is amazing, kind of. And for me, I think that's even more amazing because mm. they didn't have the things that we, you know, they, they couldn't text each other. They couldn't call each other. They just, you know, they would write letters to each other yeah, for a while. They did. But they just, they've made it, you know. Yeah, God, that is so special. It really is. Wow, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Christy and Cindy as much as I did. And I hope it makes you reach out to a close friend this week, even if you haven't been in touch for a while. This was the first in a series I'll be sprinkling in over the next few months called Friendship Stories. I conducted dozens of interviews, hours and hours of audio, talking to women about their friendships as part of my research for my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, which comes out this April. You can pre-order The Life Council now in your favorite form, hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook, which I will be reading. They are all available for pre-order. Go to thelifecouncilbook.com to learn more. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening. 